0: At the time when my Guru Maharaj came here, no one had any idea about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So his policy was, any publicity is good publicity. That was his policy. And he engaged us in acts of terrorism. Just like the PLO. You know the PLO? So the PLO originally was just a terrorist group. They just committed acts of terror when The acts were reported. They took responsibility for that. They said, we are called the PLO, and we did that. So what happened over time is that by getting some publicity, and these people, the people in general, they were able to hear about what the PLO's position was. And they had a political agenda. Their agenda really wasn't blowing people up and killing people. That was only uh, to bring attention to their actual agenda. And then over time, as attention came to their agenda, the leader, Arafat, he moved away from acts of terrorism. Now he's a dignitary and he can meet with the president. And before he was just a terrorist. Do you understand? But as he's doing that now, moving away and adjusting the outreach and the, the, the propaganda Some people in his organization, they want to move away from him because they're actually terrorists. (laughs) That's what they're more interested in. So our Guru Maharaj, in the same way, he engages in acts of terror to bring publicity to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He sent people like myself, uneducated people out, armed with books about the Krishna consciousness to somehow communicate (laughs) something about Krishna consciousness to people. And we did it sincerely, but very crudely but we got attention nonetheless but now time has passed considerable time has passed so we should adjust the propaganda now we don't want to commit acts of terror we want people to hear what our actual agenda is and some of my god brothers they still want to commit acts of terror (laughs) and they're terrorizing even one another (laughs) That's all they're interested in. They think that Krishna consciousness is a form of, form of terrorism. When <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're terrified by that. <laughs> that Gaudiya Vaishnavism will be known as that. <laughs> so our task now is to adjust the propaganda. So we will say things even the opposite way, perhaps, than we said before. I gave so many talks in so many temples about selling books on the street, one young man came here, spent about a week here. You see all that wood piled up out there? He cut all that wood and piled it up there. He spent one week, and then in between that, at lunch and breakfast, we would talk. He was going around selling books, Prabhupada's books, and I was telling him, don't do that. Prabhupada called me the incarnation of book distribution. So he, he thought... He got the chance to meet such a famous person, he would get so much encouragement for his program. (laughs) I was telling him just the opposite, for different reasons. I saw that, interestingly enough, his focus on book distribution was the very thing that was keeping him away from becoming Krishna conscious. It was more or less because it was popular in ISKCON if he sold books. Then he could go from temple to temple and sell books and become accepted there even though he had no guru or anything like that. And he could make a living doing that. But he was avoiding the actual sharanagati, surrender, and Mm. spiritual practice and so forth. And then he said, oh yes, I like to sell the books because then I don't have to talk to anybody, I just give them the book. Prabhupada does all the talking. And I said, Prabhupada's idea of book selling was, was preaching, that you would learn what is in the book and be able to talk about it. So anyway, my point is that I was telling him just the opposite. So sometimes as the circumstances change and so forth, as time goes on, and what we said at one time, we will say the opposite of. And by changing that policy, that will bring more dignity to the mission. So our ideal, everybody associated with me, is inspired by this idea. This is the idea of Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, Bhakti Thakur, to preach Gaudiya Vaishnavism in contemporary interface with modern society. And any religious tradition, if it's to stay alive and vital, has to do that. And modernity is not Western, right? Modernism. Modernism is not Western. It's It's the inheritance of the whole world. It's not a Western concept. It's not that if we acknowledge something from some modern insight that we become a Westerner. (laughs) No. It is not like that. Or that if we do, that we've strayed from the Vedic conception, which we may think is is the ideal. Ideal is to find the ways and means to be Krishna conscious and present Krishna consciousness according to time and circumstance. Not to just dredge up the past, because we're incapable of dealing with the present and making sense out of it. From a Krishna conscious point of view, because it threatens our sense of Krishna consciousness. As much as modern insights and ideas threaten our sense and our faith in Krishna consciousness, as much as we've not understood what Krishna consciousness is, we've identified only with some surface, the trappings, cultural aspects, and so forth, but not the essence. So if we are to make Gaudiya Vaishnavism vital and alive, in the world today, then we have to bring our modern sensibilities to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's adaptable to all circumstances. So that's what we want to do here. And those who, who are attracted by this idea, they should know, they should understand, Krishna's calling on you to do that. I'm talking about it. One of few, maybe only person talking about it in this way. There may be others, but I don't know them. If I did, I would want want to meet them. All people are doing to some extent, I have to say, because we are all products of the modern society, so you bring your modern insight into it unavoidably. Devotees, some Western devotees, they talk about they want to create the ideal Vedic society. They don't want anything to do with the modern world, but they are offering pizza to Krishna. (laughs) (laughs) so it cannot be avoided on some level and it's not a bad thing necessarily you see it's Krishna consciousness not India consciousness or times gone by consciousness it's for here and now so as I say I have some inspiration to speak about it but those who are attracted to that they should know Krishna is calling on them to do something about it and that's all of you with your talents your ability and if you come to me and say okay how can I do that and I have plenty to tell you what to do like I was telling you so many ideas and we put that into practice you get focused on that then you will make spiritual progress and this idea will start to manifest it's a dynamic idea a growing thing so exactly how it will take shape, in what way. We have only some outline that's given to us, some inspired outline. We have to fill in the details, write the book. And if you become absorbed in this, one morning you wake up and you realize, I don't live in the material world at all. I'm living in Krishna consciousness. This is a big idea, you see. If we are involved in this, it will be very consuming. We'll consume all our thoughts, when thoughts and mind are consumed in Krishna consciousness, then you're no longer living in the material world. I remember one morning, Prabhupada was speaking in Los Angeles, and in the talk he said, So, you should understand, you are not living in Los Angeles. This is Vaikuntha. And that night I took rest in Brahmacharya ashram, and I woke up in the middle of the night to pass urine, and I passed the and I walked out back into the ashram, and from the window I could see so many lights over Los Angeles, and all Vaikuntha became manifest. And Prabhupada's words echoing in my ear, you're not living in Los Angeles, you're living in Vaikuntha. I looked around and the temple walls were all made of valuable stone and jewel in the ashram. I has, his words rang into, in my ear and in my heart. It's not just a theory. He gave me a glimpse of that. This is a samadhi. We become absorbed in thinking how to spread Krishna consciousness. This is the teaching of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Better than going and living in the jungle or the forest just to chant Hare Krishna with an uncontrolled mind to conquer your mind by absorbing it in the enormous task of presenting Gaudiya Vaishnavism according to time and circumstances in a thoughtful way. We're fortunate that we can live in the forest peacefully and still be involved in that. A place to retreat to, and from the Internet we can go everywhere, but that doesn't mean we're not prepared to go physically also. And look, in San Francisco, it is such a, an important city, For the whole world practically there's very little krishna consciousness in the whole bay area there's no central focus at this time so we've been called here for that so as i say i'm speaking about it but if you hear it it makes sense to you that means oh you have something to do some role to play in this and when you start to understand that and act accordingly then everything will fall into place You won't have a list of questions. You'll have one question, what to do, how to serve at this time, next, what can I do now, what can I do now? Not should I serve, where should I serve, should I serve in this capacity or that capacity? That's my suggestion to you, to all of you actually, and as a monk, like some of you who are living here or otherwise. So here we've been reading Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has left the company of Ramananda Rai and traveled south, visiting so many temples, so many deities, deities of Shiva, Durga, Ramchandra, Braha, different incarnations of Vishnu, that is to say, and Mahadeva Lord Shiva, Goddess Durga. This way he showed the inclusiveness of Vodhya Vaishnavism. Often it's presented as being exclusive, but it is as much inclusive as exclusive. Ramanuja Vaishnavas who are mentioned in this section as being prominent in the South, they would never enter the temple of Lord Shiva. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu entered the temple of Lord Shiva. The followers of the worshippers of Lord Shiva, they're not considered Vaishnavas. Shaivites, they're considered Shaivites. Shaivites. if they hear from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers how they think about Lord Shiva, oh, then they will be charmed and want to worship Lord Shiva as the Godi Vaishnavas do. When Lord Shiva hears how the Gaudiya Vaishnavas are thinking of him, that's much more charming for him to hear than how the Shaivites are thinking of him. Shaivites are thinking of him as a means by which they can get mukti. Vaishnavas are thinking of him as Chetrapal, Chetrapal, protector of the dam of Krishna, Gopishwar, Mahadev, who's guarding the gate of the Rasalila, through whom we'll have to pass to enter there. Much higher position, much more charming position. So Mahabhu converted them to Vaishnavism, all the Shaivites we gave him the Vaishnava perspective on Lord Shiva. So we're not against the worship of Lord Shiva. I went to Malaysia once on my way to India, Singapore, and there was an Indian restaurant and cultural center there that Maharishi Maharishi recommended that I could visit. And they had pure veg, and they were all Shaivites. So I happened to meet the man in charge, and he said, yes, there were some devotees from another Gaudiya institution, and they came here, and they preached so heavily against Lord Shiva that the people got them thrown out of the country. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's a different <laughs> understanding than what we have. And I spoke to him about the glories of Lord Shiva from the Gaudiya Vaishnava perspective, and he was very happy to hear that. So Mahabhava was showing how we can worship all the gods and the goddesses by worshiping Krishna. And he converted the Buddhists, he converted persons from a uh, Brahman from chanting Ram-Nam to Krishna-Nam. How did he do it? Just by giving him his, his darshan. And now he's come to Sri Rangachitra, the capital of, of Sri Vaishnavism. After visiting the holy place named Sri Chetra, Mahaprabhu arrived at Papanashana. There he saw the temple of Vishnu. Then he finally reached Sri Rangachitra. After bathing in the river Koberi, Mahaprabhu saw the temple of Ranganath and offered his ardent prayers and obeisances. Thus he felt himself successful. In the temple of Ranganath, Mahaprabhu danced and chanted in an ecstatic love of Godhead. Seeing his performance, everyone was struck with wonder. One Vaishnav, known as venkatabhat then invited Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his home with great respect. This is the capital of Sri Vaishnavism, Brahmanujya Sampradaya, Sri Sampradaya. Sringamarsh told me a story recently. There was a, a devotee, a young man, who came to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and after some time he became frustrated with Gaudiya Vaishnavism and the various institutions, and he became a disbeliever. And he was attracted to Sri Vaishnavism. So he got himself very involved in Sri Vaishnavism, and he was preaching against Gaudiya Vaishnavism very strongly, wherever he went. And so he came to the capital, so to speak, of Sri Vaishnavism, and he wanted to get the darshan of Ranganath, and the Sri Vaishnav attendants would not let him come in. He said, no, I'm Hindu, I'm in Sri and, and so forth. And they wouldn't allow him to come in. In frustration, he added Hare Krishna. And they said, oh, you are Hare Krishna? Then you can come in. <laughs> <laughs> so he got a lesson. Actually, in the temple there, there is a monument to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, established from the times that are being mentioned here in this section of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Vinkatabata was like head priest at the Sri Rangam temple. And because there's much focus on deity worship in Sri Sampradaya, more so than in Gaudi Sampradaya really, that head priest is a very prominent person. The head priest for the main temple all over the world for Sri Vaishnavism. And so he was charmed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming here now. This is after Rathyatra he has left, so it means that in the midst of the chaturmasya. So as we'll hear, Venkata Bhatta is going to invite him to stay for the four months of the, of the rainy season. So with great respect, he saw Mahaprabhu's chanting and dancing in ecstasy before Ranganath, and he approached him. Venkata took Sri Chaitanya to his home. After he washed the Lord's feet, all the members of his family drank the water. This is how the Sri Vaishnavas should regard the Godiavashnas. After offering lunch to the Lord Venkata Bhatta submitted that the period of Chatumasya has already arrived. Venkata said, Please be merciful to me and stay at my house during Chatumasya. Speak about Lord Krishna's pastimes and kindly deliver me by your mercy. Mapu remained at the house of Venkata Bhatta for four continuous months. The Lord passed His days in great happiness, enjoying the transcendental mellow of discussing Krishna's pastimes. Kaveri snan darshan. prema korena nartana. So Mahaprabhu took his bath in Kaveri, visited the temple, and every day he danced before the deity in ecstasy. Sundar prema veshe dekhi The beauty of his body and his ecstatic love were witnessed by everyone. Many people used to come see him, and as soon as they saw him, all their unhappiness and distress vanished, may we add, more so than when they saw Ranganath himself. Who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Two things, of course. One thing is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is taking the position of a Vaishnava. Although he is Krishna, he's in the mood of a devotee of himself. And the devotee is a more substantial manifestation of Godhead than the deity. This is maybe a little hard concept to come to grips with, but it's a fact. In fact, why do we offer our pranam to the murti of Krishna? Why do we do that? Because the Vaishnava told us to do that. Otherwise, how would we would know this is God? So, the point is that God is more substantially in the Vaishnava for us. We learn more about God from Him. So, seeing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the people were felt more relief from material life and more happiness than seeing repeatedly that having the darshan of Ranganath. Of course, Shaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, that's another thing. But again, he's in the role of the Vaishnava. Laksh, laksh, Lok, Ila, Nana, Desha, khite, Te. Krishna-naam, Kohe Prabhu, ke Many hundreds of thousands of people from various countries came to see the Lord, and after seeing Him, they all chanted Krishna-naam. Krishna-naam, Bina, Keha, Nahi, Keha, Aar. Sobe Krishna, bhakta Tohe, Loke, chamatkar. Indeed they did not chant anything but Krishna Nam and all of them became devotees of Krishna. Thus the general populace was full of chamatkar, wonder, astonishment, which is the basis of Rasa. Siranga Chitra Vaista Vishnava Brahmana Eka. All the Vaishnava Brahmins residing at Sriranguchetra invited the Lord to stay at their homes every day. chaturmasya brahmana dite Each day the Lord was invited by a different Brahman, but some of them did not get the opportunity to offer him lunch because the period of chaturmasya came to an end. Say chetra brahmana devalai ashi kore gita avartan. In the holy place of Shiranga chetra, a Brahmin Vaishnav used to visit the temple daily and recite the entire Bhagavad Gita. Ashtadhashadyai pade ananda aveshe ashudha pade loka kore upahase. So the 18 chapters of Bhagavad Gita, he would recite daily, absorbed in Ananda, this Brahman. But in loka kari upahase, he could not pronounce it properly. And so the common people, they used to do upahas, they used to make fun of him keha hashe kehaninde ninde gita pade anandita Due to his incorrect pronunciation, people sometimes criticized him and laughed at him, but he did not care. He was full of ecstasy due to reading Bhagavad-gita and was personally very happy. So as we become advanced in Krishna consciousness, we will become less concerned about what other people think, happy in ourselves. And even though he may have apparent flaws externally from a material point of view, those will not be considered by Lord Krishna because Krishna is known as Baba Grahijanardana, means he accepts the, the sentiment of the offering. You know the story of Vidura and Krishna's invitation by Duryodhana to Hastinapur. Duryodhana invited Krishna there in order to get his allegiance before the battle of Kurukshetra. and he made a huge arrangement to greet him with orators along the road and offerings of flowers and musical presentations and so forth, and a big feast, and Krishna entered Hastinapur, and what did he do? He just ignored it all, he went to the house of Bidura. Vidura was not of as high a birth as Duryodhan. Krishna went there, and Vidura was not home, his wife was there, and Krishna said, Oh, I'm hungry, please feed me. She was so ecstatic that Krishna's come to my house instead of King Duryodhana's house, come to my little, small, insignificant place, and he's hungry, I want to feed him. So she said, I don't have anything. He said, You have some bananas there. She's thinking, What well, do I give a banana to Krishna? I should be making a feast. And he said, No, I'm hungry. He said. So she peeled the bananas, but in her ecstasy, she was throwing away the banana and giving the peel to Krishna. And Krishna was eating the peel, and so when Vidura heard Krishna has gone to your house, he went there with Narada. And uh Vidura remarked, "It's wonderful that he's come to my house and, and like this, and accepting the bananas, at least <laughs> that, he's, that he's that he's taking the peels." And uh, and Narada said, "Yes, it's wonderful that he's taking the peels, but more often wonderful that he's actually eating them. He's accepting the peels, is one thing, but he's actually eating them." <laughs> So, Krishna's living on the bhakti. patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhaktya prayacati tadaham bhakti uparita masnami prayatatmanah So, in this verse, famous verse of Bhagavad Gita, twice devotion is mentioned. It should be offered with devotion by a devotee. Krishna will accept it then. patram pushpam palam toyam They are all in the singular. patram pushpam palam toyam One fruit one flower one cup of water one leaf not all four any one it means we don't have to have any particular material means or resources to satisfy krishna he asks for nothing practically and everyone has leaf a flower some water you cannot live without water he's not asking for something that persons don't have everybody has so It appears as if he's asking for nothing, but at the same time, he's asking for everything. Because he says, this is the contrast, such a simple thing I will accept, if it's given with your heart. That is very valuable, isn't it? Where we will give our heart, that we're very cautious about that. right? We're protecting that. Krishna wants that. They said that, what can we give Krishna? He has everything. But there's one thing that Krishna is missing, that is his own heart is stolen by the gopis. So we can offer him our heart, and he will accept that. So this is the spirit, and Krishna is demonstrating this by eating those peels, banana peels. So the offering may be flawed in some way externally, or our presentation may be. We were, I remember once, many years ago, we used to, in the morning, gather around Propads. Vyasasan, and we would engage in a Guru Puja. In morning at Brahma Muhurta, we would chant vishnu Chakruti Pad's Guru Vastakam. But then later, about 6.30 in the morning, we would gather around Prabhupada's Vyasasan and chant again. It was a form of a Guru Puja before Prabhupada wouldn't come down or anything like that at that time. That started happening later. So we would do, and we were chanting. Sangsara dhava nana lila loka, tranayakaru naghanaganatam, praptasya kalyanaguna anavasya, bande gora sri charanada vindam. Not guru, guru, but gora. We were saying, so I offer my obeisances to the lotus feet of the the cow, instead (laughs) of lotus feet of the guru. (laughs) And Prabhupada was hearing it, but he was accepting this heart even though the words were incorrect. Sridhar Maharaj once said, you may be singing the song incorrectly, but your heart may be in the right place. You may sing it correctly, paka, with perfect pronunciation, but your heart may be in the wrong place. Which will Krishna accept? He'll accept the former more so than the latter, when the heart is in the right place. But, he will also say, you were saying this, I, I think you meant that, right? And in other words, we should try to bring the two together. We should have the heart in the right place, and then we should try to do it, execute it technically correctly as well. And if our heart is in the good, right place, we'll want to do it like that. So this should not be an excuse not to learn the details or to execute properly any aspect of devotional service. One man is coming to the temple and offering flowers to Krishna, to the deity, offering the flower and thinking, oh, I'm worshiping Krishna, you please give me money. I'm giving you this flower and one rupee, you please give me one million, one lakh of rupees in return. He's saying nice things and offering nice flowers, and Krishna's not interested. And Mother Yasoda is chasing him with this stick to beat him when he stole the butter, Makanchwar, she's chasing him. He likes that, more than a nice recitation of the Vedas with material desire in mind, making business. Prahlad said, nāsā britya savai vanik. Nāsā britya savai vanik. Don't be vanik. Vanik means like Agarwal, Bus- businessman. businessman. Don't be a businessman, be britya, servant, slave for Krishna. That is the idea. So we don't want to enter into some negotiation. If we surrender everything, then he will dictate. Give us a life. So this Brahmana, he was a real Bhakta, Shuddha Bhakta. But he was illiterate. He could not pronounce Sanskrit of Bhagavad Gita properly. But still every day he was reciting Bhagavad Gita. And he was doing it with great joy and ecstasy to the, to the extent that although people were criticizing him, making fun of him in the public, he was oblivious to that. Pulak Ashu kampa sedat javat Patan, diki anandita mahaprabur So while he was reading the book, Mahaprabhu observed him. So Mahaprabhu had eyes to see. The common people did not have eyes to see what was taking place. They could only see the surface, though. He's reading Bhagavad Gita, but he pronounces it all wrong. He's a fool. But Mahabrabhu had eyes to see, so he could see. kampa pulaka pulakadaya kampa Kampa-pulakashru-kampa-sedha, all these things. He saw the symptoms of bhav, ecstasy. We pray, goranga bulite pulaka sharir, hari hari bolite nayane bhavaniya when will these kind of bikar transformations occur in me by chanting the name of Gauranga? Chanting Hare Krishna. I've said many times that spiritual life is about what? Change. Change. Some change should come in us. And it should reach this limit. By chanting Hare Krishna, hairs standing, tears coming, trembling, tears coming, washing away all any material desire. Such a thing is possible. Well, we should think, what is the power in that Krishna Nam? And then we should think, if I had been chanting for some time, why that's not happening? What does Bhagavatam say? Sharam Hridayam Yadgriham Anayar That although I Hridayam Adhyay, we we're repeatedly chanting the holy name. No change is taking place. Kampashru, all these things aren't coming. What is the reason? Samaparad, offense. The heart has become like a stone. It doesn't melt when hearing the holy name of Krishna. Atrified, The heart has become atrified, like frozen over. So we have to melt the heart. Kindness, Jivadai coming towards all living beings, or to speak of all devotees. We should look for these kind of changes. And humility, Mahāprabhu said, this is the real crux. We are proud over nothing. We should become aware of that, and that should humble us. How humble we should become? Trinādhapī sunītchenā, he said. Trinādhapī sunītchenā. You know, in Bengal, there's that saying, oh, I heard about the... Radha Bhav of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so I wanted to become a Gaudiya Vaishnav. But then I heard Mahaprabhu's poem, Trinad Api Sunit Chena, Taror Api Sahishtuna, Amalina Mona Dena, Kirtaniya sarahari. He said, To chant Hare Krishna constantly, always, you have to become humble like a blade of grass. And then I knew, Oh, it's not possible. I cannot become a Gaudiya Vaishnava. But we have to cross over this. So this much change should come in us. Enough transformation in our body that we will bow our head instead of keeping it high. And said to make progress in spiritual life, we will move by having others step on our head rather than stepping on the heads of others. To become humble, to become a servant is to progress in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's our business is we are looking for gurus, not disciples, because we're looking for servants of Krishna, those willing to serve Krishna. Who is ever willing to serve Krishna? He can teach about serving Krishna. So, crossing through this jnana pisanic and Arst, our chanting becomes nishta, fixed, steady. Then it's possible for these other developments mentioned here to come. This kind of transformation. Mahāprabhu could read uh, the language of ecstasy, so he could identify the symptoms. People are thinking he's crying because he can't pronounce properly. He's crying because we're throwing things at him and making jokes of him, embarrassing him in the public. But Mahāprabhu had the vision to see, oh, actually his tears are based on something else. Seeing this, Dekhi Ānandita-ghoel, Mahāprabhu his mind became very happy. He became very pleased. Mahaprabhu Puchila Shuna Mahashai Kon Artha Jani Tomar Etashukahai Mahaprabhu asked the Brahman, My dear sir, why are you in such ecstatic love? Which portion of Bhagavad Gita gives you such transcendental pleasure? Viprakohe Murka Ami sabdarta Najani Shuddha Gita Padi Guru Agya Mane the Brahman replied, I am illiterate, and therefore do not know the meaning of the words. Sometimes I read Bhagavad Gita correctly, and sometimes incorrectly, but in any case, I'm doing this in compliance with the orders of my Guru. So his Guru ordered him to read 18 chapters of Bhagavad Gita every day, although he could not do it, he could not understand it, necessarily he was doing anyway. So some powers there in following the order of the Guru. He says that arjuna Rate Krishna hoi rajudar vasiyache-hatte totra-shamala-sundar Actually, I only see a picture of Krishna sitting on a chariot as Arjun's charioteer Taking the reins in his hands, he appears very beautiful and blackish. Arjuna, kahit chen, upadesh, thanda degi hai maar ananda avesh. When I see the picture of Lord Krishna sitting in a chariot and instructing Arjuna, I am filled with ecstatic happiness. Yavat padan tabat pan, ei lagi gito patta thatchade morman. As long as I read Bhagavad Gita, I simply see the Lord's beautiful features. It is for this reason that I'm reading Bhagavad Gita, and my mind cannot be distracted from this." So, he, the point is that he was very charmed by the idea of what? That Krishna, who is God, became Sarati. He's like a taxi driver, rickshaw, rickshaw, come, and he's coming. Arjuna is saying, Ratamstapaya meyatuta." Take it, go, show me who is here, who is on the one side and other side, drive between armies. Go, go, turn left, turn right. <laughs> and Krishna is doing that, and his Brahman is thinking, This is wonderful. That the Supreme Godhead, worshipable by all, has put himself in such a position. Therefore, what is the position of devotion? Devotion, shuddha bhakti, has the power of Krishna akarshini. Krishna's karshana. He has the power to attract everyone. But bhakti has the power to attract Krishna. (laughs) So, therefore, we are worshippers of bhakti, bhakti devi. This is the unique position of Gaudiya vaishnavism It's a theology in which the worshipable object of God is brought out. Most religions are bringing out God as the worshipable object, but what we are presenting is that object that is worshipable by God. By focusing our attention on that object, God is automatically drawn to us. So that is devotion, and devotion reaches its zenith in Radha-mahabhava, Swarupini. So she, the essence of, of bhakti is bhav, the essence of prema is bhav, the essence of bhav is mahabhava, and Radha is the personification of that mahabhava. So she is the worshipable object of Krishna. So I think that this is unique in all theological, re- religious traditions. As I say, everyone is presenting God as the worshipable object, and we are presenting the object that is worshipable by God. And to the extent that we become influenced by that, possessed of that, bhakti-shakti, ladini-shakti, then we become attracted, attractive to Krishna, and krishna karshni. we can uh, attract his attention. That is the whole idea. When we become possessed of that, then Krishna associates with us. That is his own svarupa-shakti. Krishna is possessed of that Shakti, but Krishna cannot t- relish that. Like sugar is sweet, but it cannot relish its sweetness. But if you take the sweetness out, make two. So from one, Krishna comes two. Radha. His sweetness personified. And then interacting with that, then Krishna becomes Rasika. He is Rasa and Rasika. Both. He is also the taster of Rasa. He the source of rasa, all rasa, all sweetness, but he's also the taster. This is the work of Rupa Goswami. He is the mm. the microphone to broadcast this idea. Namo Mahabhadana Naya Krishna Prima Pradayate Krishna,aya, Krishna Krishna Chaitanya Namne Vodati What is the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that is Krishna and more? The insight into the, how Krishna himself is conquered by love. That news is being broadcast when Rupa Goswami heard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu singing a love song in the Ratha Yatra, ordinary love song, he could understand the deep meaning of that. No one else could. So he made his own verse explaining that, and then he tacked it on the wall, from the door of his house. When Mahaprabhu saw that, he tore that up. How did you know that? What I'm thinking. And Rupa Goswami took it upon himself to broadcast that to the whole world. This is a very unique and a revolutionary theological idea. It should be broadcast everywhere. No stone should be left uncovered where this news is not given. Nothing more significant has happened in the world than the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhupada Saraswati, reasoning like this, said, who cares that Narasimha came? Who cares that Baraha lifted the earth from the Plutonic regions and delivered her, mm-hmm. as of no, no consequence, no significance. Now that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come, what news he has given, what good tiding he has given, what Gaur and Nintinanda are giving to the world, what is that song, doyalar-gītā, bhino boro-sukher kaborgai, good tidings, kīkobar, what is the news, good news. This is such good news, what Nityananda Prabhu is telling that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to give. This should be in in headlines everywhere. What great benefit human society can derive from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent? And this is the secret idea, the position of devotion, of bhakti itself. So we want bhakti for bhakti's sake. Our goal is not Krishna, but love of Krishna. Because that love of Krishna is worshipable by Krishna Himself. It is the most attractive thing. He's all attractive, but He's attracted by this. Prabhupada said very simply the whole world wants to get Krishna's attention, but Krishna wants to get Radha's attention. So, what is her position? And she personifies bhakti, the fullest reach of bhakti. So, there is no more cons- comprehensive way to get the attention of God. And getting the attention of God is the best way to make a solution to our problems. I was once speaking about chanting Hare Krishna in one house of an Indian man family many years ago. And after the talk, the man said to me, Maharaj, very nice talk, Swamiji, you have given. But how, just by chanting Hare Krishna, uh, poor people in, in my country, they will be benefited there are so many poor people, so how they will be benefited by chanting Hare Krishna? Just by chanting Hare Krishna? You are speaking about chanting Hare Krishna, but there are so many problems like this, how they will be solved. Just by chanting. So I had to explain to him. The first thing is that you are thinking some people in India are poor and suffering, but you don't understand that you are suffering. <laughs> in spite of your economic well being, you are suffering. And, of course, you aren't doing nothing for the poor people in India either, (laughs) just talking about it. (laughs) But you are also suffering. What is the extent of that suffering? And I explained the nature of material existence to some extent. And then I said, the second thing you are saying, just by chanting. But let me ask you, if we could do something to invoke the presence of God himself, would that be a solution to the suffering of the world? Certainly. Certainly. Uh, in Krishna Nam is non-different from Krishna. Mahāprabhu said, "Nam Nam Bahudani Desarva Shaktis." That in Krishna Nam, all the Shakti of Krishna is present, all the power of Krishna. So, if we can invoke the pure name of Krishna, it is, we can solve all the problems of life. Not just by chanting. That you know, means you don't understand what is that chanting. By chanting purely, then we can transform the whole world. So. Bhakti, for the sake of bhakti, and this Gita-bhakta, was charmed by this idea that Krishna has become the charioteer. He's become attracted to Arjuna to the extent that he's prepared to drive his chariot. He says, as long as I read Bhagavad-gītā, I simply see the Lord's beautiful features. For this reason I'm reading Bhagavad-gītā again and again. Mahāprabhu told the brahmin, indeed, you are an authority on the reading of Bhagavad-gītā. Whatever you know constitutes the real purport of Bhagavad-gītā. This, of course, picture of Krishna driving the chariot of Arjuna appears in the very first chapter of Bhagavad-gītā. So, as we've been discussing, once a month we are discussing Bhagavad-gītā in San Francisco. You can try to come sometime, it's very interesting. We are discussing the first chapter, and there's so much to be found there. It is not a chapter to skip over, as we're finding from the discussion. And we haven't come to this one yet, but this verse comes. Arjun says, O achuta, please drive my chariot. (laughs) So these two things are contradictory. Do my chariot, O infallible one, God. So how is it God is infallible? He's taking a fallible position as a chariot driver. That he's infallible in that he will not fail his devotees. So, the Brahman, anyway, is absorbed in thought of that picture of Krishna driving the chariot of Arjuna. And this is enough for him. And Mahabharata is satisfied. You have understood the real meaning of Bhagavad Gita. So, it's possible that we may not know the theory so well, or we may not know so many shlokas and, and all and still we can be a perfect devotee. One time, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, Puri Mahesh, told me that there was a disciple of Sarasthi Thakur who was a gardener, and maybe at uh, Siddhama or Yoga Pitya he was taking care of the gardens. And one professor came, big scholar in Sanskrit, to hear from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur about Bhagavatam. And Sarasthi Thakur, Puri Mahesh, said without any trace of cynicism, he said to that scholar, Actually, if you want to learn about Bhagavatam, you talk to my disciple. He's the gardener. He has understood Srimad Bhagavatam. So the devotee was serving in such a way. Saraswati Thakur had concluded that he had realized the import of the Bhagavatam, although he could not recite one shloka. This is the way Saraswati Thakur would preach to intelligent people, because it's very easy to make what we call an intellectual sleight of hand and by collecting information and satisfying only our intellect, we lose our soul, think we have gone somewhere in spiritual life, but actually we remained only in the, within the jurisdiction of the material world. So, therefore, the emphasis is on seva, service, more so than knowledge gathering. A certain amount of knowledge is required. we can have the proper conceptual orientation that will inspire us to serve but too much book learning that can be dangerous so persons who have a real aptitude for learning and the penchant for gratifying their intellect they also have to learn the message of Bhagavatam just as senses have to be controlled intellect has to be controlled has to be put in its place so here the Brahman he was not a scholar by any means but When he held Bhagavad Gita and following his Guru's instructions tried to recite it, this picture of Krishna came in his heart. That Krishna has subordinated himself to his devotee and he was stuck on that and Mahaprabhu said, you've, you've understood Bhagavad Gita, as Prabhupada would say, as it is. After saying this, Mahaprabhu says, you are the Gita Charja. You're the authority on Bhagavad Gita. So after saying this, Mahaprabhu embraced the Brahman, and the Brahman, catching the lotus feet of the Lord, began to cry. The Brahman said, Upon seeing you, my happiness is doubled. I take it that you are that same Lord Krishna. The Brahman's mind was purified by the revelation, the revelation of Lord Krishna. Therefore, he could understand the truth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in all details. Mahaprabhu then taught the Brahman very thoroughly and requested him not to disclose the fact that he was lord krishna himself so also we can understand from this that by properly understanding bhagavad gita although many things higher topics are not mentioned in bhagavad gita it's the gateway to krishna bhakti brings us to sarva dharman puritta ja mamekam sharanam Braja, shranagati Sharanagati is the stage on which the drama of bhakti is performed everyone in krishna leela is standing on the firm ground of sharanagati surrendered navalakshan bhakti shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam parasevanam archanam vandanam dasyam srakyam atman nivedanam iti pum sarpito vishnu vishnus bhaktis chen navalakshana kriyate bhagavati adha tanman niditam uttamam all these things are to be performed in sharanagati hearing chanting remembering praying you have to be Sharanagata. surrendered, and chant. This is bhakti. So bhakti proper is enacted, is performed, the drama of Krishna Leela on the stage of Sharanagati. They are all interacting with Krishna, like gopa, gopis, so intimately, wrestling with Krishna, defeating Krishna, agitating Krishna's mind, gopis, making him nervous. Does Radha love me? All these things. It doesn't... <laughs> look like service to God, but it's all enacted on the stage of surrender, the basis of that is all dasya, servitude, these are higher manifestations of service, just like if you have a chauffeur, a chauffeur is very dedicated for many years, after a while then you might start to ask his advice, what do you think, I just came back from a big corporate meeting and they were saying this, what do you think, well sir, i give you my advice, Over time, there'd be transformation from simply a servant to advisor even, a friend. Mm -hmm. In Krishna-lila, Uddhava is advising Krishna, but he's a servant of Krishna. So that whole drama of Krishna-lila, we should understand, is performed on the stage of Sharanagati, And Bhagavad Gita brings us to that point of Sharanagati and opens the door to the world of Krishna-lila for us. So if we properly understood Bhagavad Gita as this... Bhakta did, then Mahāprabhu will reveal everything, all other secrets to us. It means all other secrets may not be fully expressed in Bhagavad-gītā, but they're there in a hidden way, and if we imbibe the basic message of Bhagavad-gītā and surrender to Krishna, then everything will come. So Mahāprabhu took him aside and told him all confidential truths about the cause, reason of his descent and so forth. All the things that he discussed previously with Ramananda Roy one chapter back, that version of Bhagavad Gita, reiterated by Ramananda Roy to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ramananda Roy is said to be Arjuna in Krishna Lila. So when he appeared in, in Gaur Lila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him to speak about the truth of spiritual life. And like in Bhagavad Gita, this conversation goes with the whole gradation of understanding, from Varnashram to Mahabhav, Radha So all these secrets, then, to this Gita Bhakta, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed to him. So we have to come to this point of Sharanagati. Everything will be revealed. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will not leave us in the dark about all the secrets. But without Sharanagati, we try to collect all that information that will not be very useful, maybe counterproductive. So that Brahman became a great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and for four continuous months he did not give up the Lord's company. Mahaprabhu remained in the house of Venkata and constantly talked about Krishna in this way. He was very happy. So we'll continue this in the morning, then, next class, for whoever's still here, hearing how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu now will convert Venkata from Sri Vaishnavism to Vodhi Vaishnavism from the worship of Lakshmi Narayan to the worship of Radha and Krishna. I met a fellow once, he was in Sri Vaishnava Sampadaya in Rishikesh, in Lakshman Jhulan. I used to go there and stay in one uh, temple of Sri Sampadaya. They had a temple in the guest house, very nice worship there, very simple but very nice, and the Brahman Pujari, he was attracted to our kirtan. We would go a few brahmacharis and myself and chant before the deity while staying in in Rishikesh area in the foothills of the Himalayas. So he became so attracted he wanted to join us. After his appointment there as as the priest, time was uh, ended. He wanted to come and join us. But then he said to me in confidence, "Do I have to change my religion? <laughs> <laughs> I like your kirtan and Krishna bhakti. Do I have to change my religion?" <laughs> Actually, technically, no, because whatever is found in Ramanuja Sampradaya, Madhva Sampradaya, other Vaishnava Sampadaya is all found in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya and more. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Swayam Bhagavan and Hare Krishna mantra is, is a universal mantra for Kali Yuga. So if you chant this mantra and you worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, any kind of bhakti you can get, whatever is your heart's desire, it will come out easily even more easily, more so, than by worshipping in another sampradaya that specializes in that kind of bhakti. Such so is the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, Bhakti, even said, all these sampradayas, they are all like introductory speakers in kali Yuga before the main person of the age comes on stage, that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And once he has spoken and his sampradaya is established, all these sampradayas should enter into it like streams enter into the Ganga and become meaningful thereby, and thereby enter into the ocean. If some of those Himalayan streams don't enter into the Ganga, they'll never reach the ocean. If we don't connect with Chaitanya mahaprabhu we'll never reach the ocean of Krishna-prem. Siman <speaking in the language> mahaprabhu ki jai ki jai sri ki jāi, ko ki ko pramanandī.